My, my friendship with Brother Weir goes back into the 90s. Uh, he is, and I, I mentioned this to Brother Ethan, uh, he was one of the, and, and I'm sure still is, one of the best praise and worship leaders that you would ever find anywhere. He would lead praise and worship at Indiana Camp, and the Holy Ghost would move, and, uh, and I'm thankful to have him here this week to preach and looking forward to what God's going to do. Why don't you make the man of God welcome, Brother Jason Weir in the Lord. And let's give that to the Lord right now. Come on, he's the only one worthy. Hallelujah. God, I give you praise. You are so worthy. Amen. We are so excited to be here. As you're reaching for your Bibles, man, we give honor to Pastor Vasquez and Bishop Wilson. Amen. Families, this church, so honored to be here. And it was just literally within a short time frame that Pastor for tonight text and ask if we could move that to tomorrow. I said, sounds fine to me. And then I looked down through my messages and there was Brother Boskis. So God just had a plan, I believe. Amen. And we're thankful to be here. Amen. Looking forward to Sunday, but uh, that may not come, but we have right now. Amen. And we are so blessed to be in the house of the Lord. My family, they're all in classes. They'll sing for you on Sunday. Amen. And since I married them, I just kind of quit singing. So. I just kind of ad-lib for worship service. So, yeah. so, amen. We're so excited for the presence of the Lord. Amen. And I feel his sweet presence in here tonight. Oh, what a beautiful presence of the Lord. Matthew chapter number 11, verse number 4. Amen. As you're turning there, we say that uh, we are, we're just seeing great things happen in the church. Amen. And, and we pastored for about 13 years almost in Brazil, Indiana. And then here uh, we hit midlife and God said it's time to evangelize again. So here we are and we're having a great time. Amen. Doing a work for the Lord. Amen. Matthew chapter 11 and verse number 4 said, Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John those things which you do hear and see. The blind receive their sight and the lame walk and the lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Amen. If you'll help me tonight for a few moments. I, I, he said teach, preach. I, I, I don't really know how to, to decipher the two. I just know give the word of the Lord. Amen. And so I want to preach to you tonight. When faith walks among man. When faith walks among man. Would you help me tonight? God of heaven, I love you. I thank you for this opportunity to be in your presence. I pray, God, that a miracle would happen on this Wednesday night in this room. Lord, I know that you are able. I know, God, that you have plans for your people. And, Lord, I want to be a part of it. Let not a word uttered out of my mouth tonight that is not edifying to the body. God, it is not what you desire for your people to hear in this place. God, we ask you right now for the glory of the Lord to help us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. God bless you. You may be seated tonight. Amen. What a great God we serve. Faith is a subject that should easily hold the interest of everyone, although it is, I believe, maybe a taboo subject because it is easy to have faith when you're praying for someone else. But it's a little harder to have faith when the storm's in your life. I mean, it's a little harder to have that faith. And the Bible said that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We can pray all day long and not have faith. 
We can sing songs all day long and not have faith. It is the word of God that produces faith in our life. Amen. I'm thankful that God does not talk as man talks, but uh, when God makes promises to us, he keeps those promises. And you can trust the word of God. I found that maybe sometimes you can't trust the word of man, but you can trust the word of God. You can trust what God said. It don't matter how long ago he said it. If he promised it, it's gonna happen. The Bible said that the promises of God are yea and amen. Amen. This is why faith is not based on a song. Faith is based on the word of God. Amen. If faith was based on a song, when the song was over, faith would cease to exist. If faith was based on prayer, when you didn't feel like praying, faith would cease to exist. But faith is based on something that is a sure foundation. Faith is based on something you receive faith from that thing that is forever settled. That when heaven and earth pass away, that word will forever be standing. Oh, hallelujah. That's where faith comes from. If you separate faith from the word, you'll have no faith. The word and faith walk together. God is the source of all faith. The Bible tells us in John 1 and 1 that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Jump down a few scriptures and it tells us and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Amen. I'm thankful tonight that I know who the word is. I'm thankful that I know where faith comes from. Hallelujah. Amen. He created the heavens and the earth by the word of faith. That same word became flesh and that flesh is Jesus Christ. Amen. He is the love of God. He is the mind of God. He is the hope of God. He is the peace of God. He is the power of God. He is the truth of God. He is the light of God. He is the life of God. As a matter of fact, if Jesus is not God, there is no God at all. Wherever Jesus walks, the word walks. Where Jesus is, the word is. Trusting and hearing the word of God is putting faith in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. When Jesus spoke, the word went forth and it produced faith in the ears of the hearers. Amen. Wherever the word goes, faith goes. Amen. They are married one to another. If the word ceases to exist, faith would cease to exist. You ought to thank God that you got a church that still believes in the word of God. We're not built just on, we might have the greatest music and I believe the apostolic church does, but we're not just built on a music program. We're not just built on an idea but we are built upon the foundation of the word of God. And because of that, when sickness comes into my life, I've got faith. When storms come into my life, I've got faith because the word produces faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I worry about the culture of a church that is getting away from the word and more into programs. What we need now, what's gonna save the lost is not our programs. Our programs will disciple the lost, but it is the word of God that he chose to reach the lost and save them with. Amen, I'm thankful that I know the word. Amen, there are those content with singing. They're content with programs. They're content with rejoicing. But you let a storm take the rejoicing out of your life and your foundation is shaken. 
Listen, my family and I in the last 10 months has went through probably the darkest storm of our life, but we built our faith on the word of God and it didn't matter what man let us down. It didn't matter what person betrayed us. It was the word of God. It was forever settled. Man will betray you. Amen. This is why we've got a lot of spiritual runts in the church. Amen. As we're raising them on music and programs. But the word is not what's got inside of them. Thank God for pastors that love the word. Thank God for bishops that love the word. Thank God for a church that loves the word. Because that's what produces followers of Christ. That's what produces people who will sell out to the cause of Jesus Christ. Faith is not something that can be harnessed by man. Faith is not something. The Bible said God has dealt to each of us a measure of faith. When you hear his word, your faith ought to increase. Oh, yes, it should. When you reject the word of God, your faith will decrease. Yes, it will. Faith brings results. Where unbelief brings disaster. Amen. Amen. Faith counts it done before the evidence is seen. Amen. Faith walks down through the corridors of time and and it sees new faces and it performs new exploits. Faith lives through the centuries. Faith laughs at the education of man. I'm talking about something that's all in the word of God. It's the word that gives us this understanding. Faith laughs at impossibilities. Oh yes, when the doctor says it's not gonna work out good and when the the lawyer says it's not gonna go in your favor and when when the verdict is against you. Faith laughs at that impossibility. Faith cannot be stopped. It cannot be quenched. It cannot be conquered. It gets the job done when theologians are disputing. Faith walks when devils hide. Faith walks and hell trembles. Faith walks and unbelief vanishes. Faith walks and doubt disappears. Angels rejoice. Faith leaves a trail of miracles everywhere it goes. Thank God for the word that has produced that kind of faith in my life tonight. Hallelujah. We cannot remove the word of God from the church. If we remove the word and the preaching of the word, we remove faith out of the church. Faith was at Mount Carmel. Faith was there when Elijah challenged the prophets of Baal. And watch what God did. God said through faith, I'm gonna do this in a way that cannot be doubted. I'm gonna answer in a way that cannot be given credit to man, that no man will be able to glory because if man starts the fire, it's burning from down and up. But God said, I'm gonna let fire fall from heaven. I'm gonna bring fire down. So faith works in the realm of the impossible. Faith works in the realm of the, oh, hallelujah. I'm only 44, but I've never seen fire burning down. Every time I've seen it, the flame is going up. But God said, let me do it in a way that man cannot take credit. Let them have no questions. I pray to God, whatever you're facing on this Wednesday night, that when God does the miracle, no man can glory in it. Let it be supernatural. Let it be a supernatural move of faith in your circumstance tonight. Faith was at the Red Sea. Israel cried. (laughs) And and it opened. The sea opened. They marched and the people were saved all by faith. Faith made it happen. 
Faith gave deliverance. Faith was there. Now watch this. When John the Baptist was cast into prison. Now look, if anybody ought to have faith in God, John should have had faith in God. John was there when the clouds start talking. And the voice of the heavenly father said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. John was the baptizer of Jesus. He was a voice crying in a wilderness. Now I want to preach where life really hits us sometimes. Amen. If you are a faithful person and you got faith, it's exciting to hear faith preaching. But every now and then we get hit with the face of doubt. And John, a faithful one, John, the, 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 the voice that cried about the Messiah is now locked in a prison. He's now faced with circumstance. He's now got a battle of his own. And in a moment of doubt, he said, is this him or should I look for another? Oh, mercy. What excites me is not what God said to John, but rather what he didn't say. Because all he had to say was tell John that the I am that I am hath sent you. But he didn't. He said this. You go back and tell John that blinded eyes are being opened. You go back and tell John that deaf ears are being unstopped. You go back and tell John that miracles are still happening. And when John hears about the miracles of God, he's going to know that it's surely the Messiah. For the love of truth, we ought to tell John, you might be in a prison tonight, but you ought to go back and tell John, God's still doing miracles. God's still healing the sick. God's still saving the lost. God's still reaching the world. It's when faith walks among man. It's when faith walks among man. Oh, Jesus. He said, I need to know. Oh God, I'm talking about, he knew about this Messiah before anybody. He's telling everybody there's a Messiah coming. There's one coming after me whose shoes I cannot even unlatch. But when a storm hit John's life, he had to know, is this really God? And I'm telling you, I don't care how long you live for God, you're gonna have a moment in your life where it's easy to say, God, are you, are you really on my side? Do you really know where I'm at? Oh, hallelujah. I woke up a few months after a storm started in our life. Oh, Jesus. I went to, we went on vacation, come home, and our world was turned upside down while we was out of town. Our complete, everything about our world, our, our, our home, the church we pastored, everything was turned upside down. And it was a moment of doubt in my life. I got up one Sunday morning, and I said, I don't even want to go to church today. What's the use in going it's just another service and God doesn't know who I am anymore. He's forgot about Jason Weir. But my kids got up and they was, they was getting dressed and I, I told my wife, I said, I don't think I'm gonna go today. and I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna lay back and let y'all go. And my kids come in there and said, Dad, aren't you going to church? I said, no, I'm gonna stay home. They said, listen, Dad, you've raised us our whole life that no matter what she's going through, you didn't neglect the house of God. Amen. And so I, I said, well, you got me there. And so I had to practice what I had preached. And I got up and I went into church that day and I hope I don't lose your confidence in me. Maybe you'll still help me preach on Sunday. Amen. But I walked into church that day with an attitude of I'm not gonna worship. I'm not gonna do anything. I'm just here to be a filler of the pew. Oh God. But my, my, 
my wife and my children had a different idea that day. Amen. And they started singing a song that I had never even heard before. Amen. They said the devil thought he had me. He thought I was dead. He thought I would give up and never shout again, never dance again. And I looked up and my two teenage kids was at the altar dancing and praising God. And my wife kind of pushed me out of the way and said, if you're going to sit here defeated, go ahead. But I'm going up there to let the enemy know no matter what hell throws at me, no matter what storm comes my way, no matter what battle hits me, no matter what circumstance tries to knock me down, I'm going to shout anyhow. I've come to tell somebody I know it looks bleak, but faith is wanting to walk into your home. Faith is wanting to walk into your marriage. Faith is wanting to walk into your health. Faith is wanting to walk into your life. And where faith walks, miracles happen. Jesus. So don't get yourself defeated if you have a moment of doubt. Even John. Now I'm going to tell you something. If I heard the cloud say, this is my beloved son. If I heard the audible voice of God say, nobody's going to have to increase my faith anymore. That's enough for me. And you would have thought it was enough for John. But prison was dark. And the cell was cold. And John was alone. And oftentimes when we get away from the presence of God, we walk out of the sanctuary. We walk out of where the family of God has created an atmosphere for the miraculous. Oftentimes we walk out of there and it's cold and it's dark and it's lonely and it's easy to question God. But oh, I've come to tell you something tonight. If you'll just hear me, it may not be happening for you yet. But he said, you go tell John that I'm still doing miracles. You go tell, and when John hears that blinded eyes are being opened, John will know there's not another that can open blinded eyes. When John hears that the dead's coming back to life, he'll know that there's not another. Let, Don, let John die with assurance that Jesus is God. Jesus is still the Messiah. Jesus is still the healer. I've come to tell you, I don't care how dark it is. Let me give you assurance. He's still God. He's still a healer. He's still a way maker. He's still a provider. He's still delivering addicts. He's still putting marriages back together. He's still healing cancer. He's still drying up diabetes. God is still in the miracle business. When faith walks among men, the word is walking. Faith was walking. Lives were being mended. Hope is being restored. And I worry, I worry that there are people sitting in our churches today that have never seen the true impact of faith walking among men. The blind are waiting on faith to walk again. You see, God, it's not predicated whatever he does between now and the rapture. It's not predicated on his ability. But it is predicated upon your ability to believe in his ability. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, God only has one limitation. And the church sets the boundaries. We decide the limitations of God by the amount of faith we are willing to have in God. Oh, I prayed for brother so-and-so and they were healed. I've got faith to pray for others. But pastor, I 
I'm so sick myself. Why won't God heal me? Listen, John, if he did it for them, he'll do it for you. If he did it then, he'll still do it now. I've come to tell you, we have got to see faith walk in 2022. We've had a battle for the last two years that has been a faith failure. It has put fear in the lives of faithful believers. It has stopped our prayer lives and stopped our worship. We have got to let faith walk again. If the church has one assignment, I believe in this last day, we've got to stir up the gift of faith. Oh! He didn't say when I return will I see good people. He didn't say when I come back am I going to find people in church. No. He said when I come back will I be able to find faith upon the earth. We need to stir faith up. I've heard of preachers in the last two years that were faith preachers. If I said their names, many would know their names that have not left their homes in two years because of a faith failure. We cannot afford to let our faith down. Oh God, your lost family's waiting on faith to walk. Where's faith? Oh, where are you, faith? When you turn around, faith's gonna be right there with you. Faith's gonna be walking. The church of God has gotta take our faith to a lost and a dying world. The world's gotta know that he's still doing miracles. The world's gotta know that he can still cure addictions. He can still fix mental disabilities. He can still fix uh, emotional disorders. God is still able. He's still able. He told the church, cast out devils, heal the sick, and raise the dead. Preach the gospel. And he gave us authority, and he gave us faith. Sometimes we feel like we don't have victory, but it's not our feelings that we live for God by. It's our faith. I don't live for God based on feelings because there's a lot of services I would never make it to because I don't feel like it in my body or I don't feel victory but I don't live I, ba- I base my walk with God on the fact that I know that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him I base it on the fact that I know when I get to the house of God the word's gonna be preached and when the word goes forth faith goes forth and when faith goes forth miracles follow the Bible said this is the victory that overcometh the world Even our faith. Our feelings don't overcome anything. It is our faith in God and his word that overcomes the battles that we face. If we're going to see God move more, it's because we've got more faith. When faith walks, men in our generation and the world will be shaken and we can turn our world upside down. But we've got to let our faith loose. And God blessed them and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. I want to talk to you for just a moment. I I, I promise I, 
I won't hold you too long tonight, but this word dominion, I think we have loosely thrown that around in the apostolic church for too long. Amen, take dominion. Come on and take dominion. Listen, the Bible does not teach us anywhere that we can just take dominion. The Bible says he gives us dominion. What that giving of dominion is, you have a storm, you have a sickness, you have a trial, and you're still standing after the trial is over, and you're still faithful after the storm has passed, and you're still living for God after the battle's through, and then you have dominion over whatever it was that the enemy tried to hit you with. Amen. If you're still faithful to God after depression, you have dominion over depression. If you're still faithful to God after financial struggles, you can have dominion over that because that tells the devil. I might as well not try to hit them with that anymore. They've got dominion over it. They understand what it takes to get through that. They understand that the word of God will carry them. Amen. So I believe that we need to allow God to give us dominion. Amen. We can't just take dominion. You're going to have to go through some stuff to get dominion. You're going to have to walk through some valleys to have dominion over the valley. You're going to have to go through sickness to have dominion over sickness. Amen. But watch this. The Bible says he gave them dominion and the fish over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And then we can jump all the way back in scripture. And I know I'm jumping back in scripture. How do you jump back out of Genesis? Let's go back to before the letter of the law, before the Abrahamic covenant. Probably the most archaic book of the scripture into the book of Job 1 and 7. And the Lord said unto Satan, whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. When Satan said that he was walking up and down on the earth and he surrendered his dominion over to you because in the book of beginnings, God gave you dominion over everything that moves on the earth. And so when Satan said, I've been roaming to and fro, moving upon the earth, you ought to understand something. Satan wrote his own death sentence. I might as well not touch the church because all the way back in Genesis 1, God gave him dominion over everything that moves on the earth. So I know the devil's moving. I know he's ramped up his game and he's moving in this earth greater than he ever has. But it ought to be the greatest hour for the church to say I've got dominion over everything that moves on the earth. He can hit me with depression. I got dominion over it. He can hit me with my finances. I got dominion over it. He can hit me in my spirit. I've got dominion over everything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I hasten. I was preaching before I ever pastored. We evangelized for about six years or so. And I was preaching in southern Ohio. The pastor I was preaching for was a, a manager, not the plant manager, but a manager at General Motors. And he started talking to a gentleman on his lunch break about God. And this gentleman told him, he said, well, I believe there's more than what I personally have right now. But he said, my pastor says that speaking in tongues is of the devil and that it's, it went out with the first century church. And so this, this pastor that I was preaching for opened his Bible and he said, I don't mean to disrespect your pastor, but let's see what God says about it. Right. And he began to give him scripture and verse about the Holy Ghost 
about the, the evidence of speaking in another tongue. And, amen. He began to explain the different types of tongues. And, and, and he began to go into detail. And that man said, man, I'm more perplexed now than I've ever been because I know there's more than what my pastor's preaching. But he says, what you're telling me is of the devil. Well, about that time, lunch break ended. And, and this came directly from this pastor. About that time, lunch break ended and they go back. And this gentleman whose pastor told him that speaking in tongues was of the devil was in charge of putting starters on these trucks. And as he's working the line, he made the mistake of saying, God, if this speaking in tongues stuff is real, let me feel it right now. And about that time, faith walked into General Motors and right there where starters were supposed to be put on that man lifted his hands and God filled him with the gift of the Holy Ghost they noticed after five or six trucks come down the line without a starter something's not right they went back to where he's supposed to be working they said man he's having a seizure something's wrong they took him to the plant manager's office the plant manager said they said there's something wrong with him we're going to have to call the medic and he said there's nothing wrong with him they used to do that at my grandma's church when I was a little boy and I've been looking for a church that done that ever since I'm telling you faith works in the impossible faith works in the impossible faith works when nothing will faith will fix your family when nothing will faith will fix your emotions when nothing will faith will work faith 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 just a little bit of faith you don't need a whole lot just use what you've got faith faith just a little bit of faith. We all have faith. You don't have to have the Holy Ghost to have faith. No. To every man is dealt a measure of faith. Faith, my God, hallelujah. My uncle, I share this and I'm gonna share one testimony with you and then I'll turn it to Pastor Vasquez. My uncle, in my childhood, my mom's youngest brother, was shot at least eight times in my childhood. At least eight times we were woken up and a drug deal had gone bad and Uncle Steve had been shot. In the middle of the night, we'd have to run to the hospital. And somehow, God kept sparing Uncle Steve. Uncle Steve went blind. He had a car battery explode in his face. And he lost all vision, complete loss of vision. He, instead of going to the hospital that night, he went to the church because he had been taught that faith works. Uncle Steve didn't have the Holy Ghost. Uncle Steve didn't, he never, he never would. He said, I got to give up everything before I come to church. And that's the greatest lie from hell. Come on and let Jesus help you give up everything. But he had faith. He had faith. And they went down to the church that night, prayed, and God miraculously restored his vision. He never had any more trouble with that. He had all kinds of sickness due to his gunshot wounds and, and, and bar fights. And, and see, on one side of the family, I'm a fifth-generation apostolic preacher. On the other side, I'm, I'm just a second-generation apostolic, but I'm the grandson of a town drunk because uh, mama broke a curse. And, and, and walking down a railroad track at 12 years old, Faith walked down the track with her, and mom was singing, Oh, I want to see him look upon his face, there to sing forever of his saving grace. And on a railroad track by her 
herself singing that old hymn of the church. God filled my 12-year-old mama with the Holy Ghost and she broke a curse of alcoholism. So thank God on that side, I'm here because a mama broke a curse. Faith walked down a railroad track with her. My uncle was diagnosed a few, few months back with cancer. Amen. And, and, and uh, he, he ended up also getting COVID. He went to the hospital with COVID. Amen. And because of his immune system and his weakness, it hit him, but he stayed in there long enough that he, he had four negative tests. They, they said, you have beat COVID, but we have found that cancer is spread throughout your body. My uncle called and he said, listen, now if you don't believe this, I, I, I hope that, that I don't cross theology tonight. Amen. My uncle had been baptized in Jesus' name. Amen. And he had faith, but he never received the Holy Ghost. And in the room, in the Union Hospital Intensive Care Ward, on a FaceTime call, we had a prayer meeting with Uncle Steve. And faith walked into that hospital room. And before Uncle Steve left this world due to cancer, he left this world full of the Holy Ghost. Because laying in that hospital bed by himself, with some of us on a FaceTime conference call. God filled my uncle with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, don't tell me it's too late for faith to walk in. Grace will let faith walk wherever grace wants to let faith walk. I don't know if I believe in that kind of grace. If grace is not good enough for everybody, it's not good enough for nobody. We gotta let faith walk. We gotta let faith walk. When I was 12 years old, and if the music's here, or Sister Weir, whoever wants to come to the music, or however you do it on Wednesday night, I mean, I just know that the Lord's prompted me to give this to you. I was 12 years old, and my brother was a couple years older than me and started preaching. And he, he preached that night. It was probably really elementary. But the title of his message on that Sunday night was I Deposit in the Eternal Bank of Glory. And he talked about praying when you didn't have anything you was really praying for. Worshiping when there wasn't really anything good going on or bad. And he said, God takes all of that commitment and he deposits it in the bank of glory. And when circumstance comes and an automobile accident is about to take you or cancer is about to invade your life, our sickness is about to happen. All you got to do is say Jesus. And he reaches back to those earlier deposits and he writes a check that can be cashed. Say, so I don't really need this tonight. You ought to worship anyhow because it's putting some faith up for the future. It's praying some prayers ahead. several years we'd had a blind lady come to our church, Phyllis Davenport not only was Phyllis blind but Phyllis had had her right eyeball removed completely from the eye socket diabetes and sickness had eaten her body and, and the Lord told me as my brother was preaching, now mind you I was 12 years old the Lord spoke to me just as plain as day, I want to heal Phyllis tonight, and man I was excited, my faith just shot through the roof we're going to see it, it's going to happen and I went to my mom and I said, Mom, would you go get Phyllis? God wants to heal her. Now, y'all had to just know my mom. My dad was, uh, uh, well, you're kind of getting a little taste of my mom tonight because I'm just a country boy. I just preach however I, my dad, now my dad had eloquent speech. My dad was an orator. Uh, mom was just the opposite. And when I went to her and said, Mom, dad, or God wants to heal Phyllis, 
She said, boy, it ain't my problem. If God spoke to you, you go get her. Said, it ain't gonna work if I go get her. He didn't speak to me. Now, those, those few of you that have met my mom before she passed, you could hear her saying that. I mean, she, just, she was just plain old country gal. And, and, and uh, uh, she, so I said, well, I guess that means if God wants to heal Phyllis, I gotta go get her. So I walked down the aisle, every step in faith. Phyllis sat on the back right side of the middle section of our church. And, and I went down that middle aisle and I got back there and I leaned over and Phyllis had, had been around my entire life. And, and Phyllis, I, I leaned over and I said, Phyllis, this is Jay. And, and God wants to heal you tonight. And we're gonna take you up for prayer. And, and I walked her up the aisle arm in arm. And we got up to about the second pew. And, the, and Phyllis leaned over to me and said, I just wanna pray tonight that God will save my unsaved children. And all the wind went from beneath my sails because I thought we was about to see a miracle. I thought God was about to open blinded eyes. But somehow in my juvenile 12-year-old mind, from that second pew to this left side of the altar, the Lord spoke to me again. And he said, don't lose faith. When you put your need before, or when you put others' needs before you, God will put you before others. So all of a sudden, faith started walking again. And we took a few more steps. And when we got to that altar, my dad just simply looked at her and he said, Phyllis, this is a big check, but God's able to cash this check. And he laid hands on her head and as soon as his hand touched her head, Phyllis began to scream and dance across the front of that church. Untethered by somebody holding her, Phyllis began to scream, I can see your face. I can see your face. And instantly in front of our eyes, God opened that blinded eye of Phyllis Davenport. It's when faith walks. And faith walks, but it gets better. A week later, Phyllis had set an appointment with her specialist in Indianapolis. And instead of being walked into the office, Phyllis walked herself into the office. Her doctor rolls back in his chair and said, Phyllis, what in the world has happened? She said, I found a better doctor. He said, Phyllis, what do you mean? She said, just give me an eye test. I can read anything. I can see anything you want me to see out of that eye. She said, matter of fact, I want you to take this patch off and do an x-ray on the other eye. He said, Phyllis, you're crazy. You know I've already removed that eye from the socket. There's nothing in there to x-ray. Phyllis said, yeah, but I told you I found a better doctor. And when they removed the patch off of Phyllis's eye, not only had God gave vision back in one eye, but God had restored what sickness had stolen in the other eye. God gave her perfect vision. When we buried Phyllis, we buried her with the doctor's paperwork that said, I don't know how it happened, but somehow this woman's vision is 2020. God, I'm telling somebody, if you'll release faith in your life, anything is possible. Anything can happen. It's waiting on you to let faith walk. As you remain standing tonight, as you remain standing tonight, three years later with perfect vision, Phyllis passed away. I was about 15, almost 16 at that time. I'd been preaching a couple years. And the family asked all of us, all three of us boys and my dad, to have part in the funeral. I didn't know what else to say but tell my testimony about Phyllis. And they knew that God had healed her eyes. Her family knew that there was something miraculous that happened. 
But Bishop Wilson, when I got to that spot where Phyllis leaned over to me and said, I want you to pray that God would save my unsafe children. On the front row of 25th and Wabash at Callahan and Hughes Funeral Home with no music, nothing fancy happening in that room, only about 25 of us even there, God filled them three girls with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Come on. Do you have faith tonight as I get ready to turn this back to pastor? I wonder if there's somebody in this room that has a need tonight. Now, I know this is the adult class and there's surely some needs in this room. Amen. If you just make your way and stand around this altar with hands lifted. Oh, come on. Would you let faith walk right now? I don't care what's going on in your family, your marriage, your emotions, your spirit. If you'll let faith walk, the miraculous can happen. If you'll let faith walk, the miraculous can happen. Come on, let it walk tonight. Let faith walk into your sickness. Let faith walk into your family sickness. Let faith walk into your mind tonight. Let faith do the miraculous. When faith walks, miracles happen. When faith walks among man, miracles happen. When he returns, will he find faith upon the earth? Come on, I believe that God has ordained this Wednesday service for something supernatural to take place.
you while he's singing, why don't you reach over and pray with somebody close to you and just use faith that God would bless them, that God would help them, that God would be with them, that God would touch them and renew and restore. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Go ahead, speak the word of faith. Hallelujah. Well, I don't believe it's an accident that Brother Weir's been here and preached this. I want you to begin to speak some blessings over your family and over your life. Amen. You need to be like that blind lady in the altar that began to pray for somebody else. It's not an accident we heard what we heard tonight. God is at work. God is moving. tonight. Amen. I know there's people watching online that needed this. Amen. I mean, you know somebody that has a need that you can get to church or you can at least ask them to come to church Sunday. Why don't we fill this place up with people, whether it's spiritual need, emotional, financial, physical, whatever the need might be. Why don't we fill this place up and why don't we just have a Holy Ghost revival Sunday? What do you say about that? Amen. Amen. Why don't you call folks and encourage them and let's, let's fill it up. God's at work. I'm going to tell you, there's people that if they'd have been here tonight, they'd be walking out with a miracle. So why don't we be the feet that makes faith walk among some folks? Amen. Let's tell them what God's getting ready to do. And we're going to watch it. Look, hey, Sunday's going to be awesome. Man, I can't wait. It's going to be great. Amen. God bless you. You can be dismissed in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Don't forget Friday. Friday, the first, uh, the first day of the prodigal ministry. Uh, you can, if you have questions, you can take one of these handouts and read about it. But Friday, April 1st is the start of this 90-day planning period.